Welcome. This is New Taku, where we talk things anime and manga. We are not experts or gatekeepers. We are just fans trying to share our love with you. Feel free to interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast or email us questions and requests at Taku2019 at gmail.com. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and share. Frank, my air conditioner is on. I forgot to turn it off. Oh, no. I. I am Jim. And I am Frank. And Frank, I'll give you a chance to say how your week was. Keep it simple. I'll be right back because I have to turn off my AC. Sure. Go. Okay. Well, my week was pretty calm. Um, you know, I didn't really do a whole lot <laughs> that I normally do uh, besides binging anime and kind of catching up with the current stuff that is you know, popping up as we gear up for, I believe, next week's episode, which is... Yes, we... I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's what... I was, I was just kind of biding time before I got your mic on. Okay. Yes. So, I've been doing that. Enter the Gungeon. This is the last time I will talk about this. I, I'm still playing it to the point where I have games such as Last of Us 2 that are just sitting there. I haven't even touched them. Um, and I also ran my first ever 5k the other day. I've been running a little bit here and there. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast and slowly getting better at it. And, uh, I'm happy to say that I was able to do it in extremely muggy and disgusting weather. And I, I stunk and everything sucked about it, but you know what? I accomplished it and I felt good about it. Very good. Very good. You know, I have, um, I've been doing walks. I do walks as an old person. I don't run. Um, but my wife, we're going down the shore in a couple of weeks, down the shore, Jersey shore in a couple of weeks. Of course, we don't know what to expect. We will practice social distancing. Don't worry, listeners. But being that we are now three weeks away from going on vacation, my wife has decided this week that she's going to start losing weight. Of course, she does this to me all the time. So... I have to, I've been doing these walks in the morning. Usually I would have already walked. And 
now I have to adjust my schedule because she won't work out if I'm in the house. So she gets embarrassed. So I have to now work, do my walks in the afternoon. Frank, do you do any weight training at all? I do not currently do any weight training, but I think that I am going to start implementing that in my schedule because uh, I have done it in the past and I've enjoyed it. Um, back when, you know, gyms were open, that was like a thing that I did like to throw around the old weights. Um, and yeah, now I'm losing a little tone mint and stuff like that. So I would very much like to, do you? I just, I use kettlebells and body weight. That's all I do. So I do a crap load of pushups. That's pretty much my main workout, pushups and squats. So, but I do like triceps. I work out the exercises that, say, Japan sank in 2020. I'd be able to, like, pull myself onto something or push myself out of, like, piles and stuff or, like, hold on to someone if they were falling. That's the kind of workout I do. All Japan sink stuff. <laughs> so I do, like, kettlebell, like, tricep workout because triceps are, like, the major, like, save yourself in the situation. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, muscle. That and cardiovascular, your heart. So, like, if... I do a lot of tricep workout. That's about it. I don't do anything else. I'm old. I get hurt. Yeah, and so you gotta easy. like worry about your your joints like if I start and all doing... that, right? Yes. Also, I have um, a very large ass, and I'm a short man. I'm a short man with a large ass. So I have a hard time buying like workout clothing. And I went shopping for workout clothing recently, and I always go to the cheap place. I go to Target. I go to Old Navy because I don't really care. I'm not like I need Nike head to toe like some kind of jock or something. And so I don't give a shit. So I found these like really cool like Easter pastel colored shorts, like multiple colors. But it's you know we're in a pandemic. You can't try anything on. I brought them all home. My my arse is too big. I can't wear shorts past my knee. I can't do it. That's too it's silly. I can't do it. So my workout shorts have to be above my knee. But being that I'm a shortman, I'm a, I'm a medium man with a large man's ass. It doesn't really work out. For me. But I did figure out a shortcut, and it's to wear a jockstrap. But jockstraps aren't fun to wear when you're walking. And I only have one. So, and I'm not going to buy multiple jockstraps. I don't know. It's a whole Yeah, and then you got to be, you got to so worry about, like, I feel like chafing and stuff like that. And With yeah, the jockstrap, so like that. Like, if it rolls up anywhere, like any of the bands roll up, you're fucked. Or you have to adjust. Like, if you get, like, one testicle stuck outside of that, that little holster, you're in bad shape, man. But uh, enough about working out. Um, we had a tropical storm over the week, Frank. How'd it go for you? I know that you had leakage problems in your last in your apartment. Yeah, uh, it went swimmingly. This is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, we did. We we've had some some issues with. Uh, uh, I live in a newer construction uh, condo sort of deal, so. Um, the window was not properly installed, but I am happy to say that they came in and patched it up and it kind of works. There's yeah, nice. like there, you can still kind of see water damage, but it's also not my unit because I rent and I've told my landlord about it and he hasn't really done anything. So, you know, I, I got the text messages. So. <laughs> yeah. Same here. My uh, kitchen sprung a leak on Friday, which it was leaking before they patched it. And then it decided to leak from another area which I thought that my cough, my kettle for my coffee exploded because there was water suddenly all over the floor. And, uh, yeah, so I did the same thing. Like, it's a rental. Uh, whatever. 
you know, come fix it. Otherwise, I got like right now my kitchen's a mess. I'm sitting in my kitchen. Usually, my, the table's against the wall, but that's where the leak was. And now I'm like in the middle to like to get to the refrigerator. You have to move things until they come fix it. I mean, who knows when that's going to happen? So back to gaming. I'm still playing Sino Alice. Uh, the Little Mermaid is available now, Frank. But my guild has now lost four in a row. We have a bunch of dead weight. Frontline people are great. Support doesn't show up to Coliseum battles. We're still trying to figure it out. Frank, when are you joining my guild? Support, so when you say, so, like, support doesn't show up, it's those, I guess, those players that play those roles? Oof. Yes. Oh, what, you couldn't figure you couldn't figure out what I was talking about? Just I could just... Just saying it? Uh, yeah, so it's like, the front, you have, like, your frontline fighters, so there's, like, five mm-hmm. frontline fighters, but then there's ten support roles. So basically the support roles just, like, I'm frontline guy. Like, I'm, I'm the, the meathead crusher dude. So... The, the, they just keep you going, and when you go against teams that have, like, a active support, then, like, you can't beat them. They have all kinds of, like, you know, defensive and offensive boosts that they're constantly getting cast on, and it's just you get the living shit kicked out of you. Uh, I've been, I have been bestowed the title of submaster of my group, which I'm not crazy about the whole master-slave dynamic. I think needs to go away in 2020, but... uh Anyone interested in play? Anybody who's playing Sino Alice and wants to uh, join my guild, they hit me up on the old social meds and maybe we there can get you together. There you go. Need, you need support roles, which traditionally in any game has always been hard to recruit players like that because, let's face it, for the most part, support is not nearly as fun as frontline or, you know, warrior or whatever. Like, you want to hit things. That's why you're, you're playing a game. Maybe you want to help people out. That's cool. But, I mean, healing people over and over again isn't as fun as shooting fireballs at other people. I mean, it, honestly, you're not really doing anything either way. You're just hitting buttons. Like, it's a button masher. It's not like I'm making making my character do anything. You're just going, go, 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 recharge, go, go. That's all it is, is button mash. I, I'm, I might actually just, like, sacrifice myself. If somebody else can get to my attack level, I'll just sacrifice myself and go do support. We'll see what happens. Or maybe I'll just stop playing. <laughs> I haven't spent a dime yet, but who cares? Frank, I am caught up on, we talked about it a few weeks ago, Ultraman Z. Frank, have you been watching, I'm going to guess, no, Ultraman Z. I have not, Z. no. Have you, how many episodes are there? Oh, okay. Four. Ultraman Z is the proper name for it. Yeah, but you missed episode two, and I think you're on now, so you're screwed. Yeah, so they're available on Subarai Productions' YouTube channel for two weeks. And i got to admit, Frank, I have a crush. The character Yoko, her name is Yoko Nakashima. She's the tough girl on the show. She reminds me of Maki from Fire Force. And plus, she likes older men in the show, so I'm saying, that says that I have a shot, right? I mean, like, I got a shot right. at her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you should go for it, man. That's, that's all it takes. Right? <laughs> I should. I'm going to go um, to Super High Productions and go sleep in the dumpster <laughs> until I just see her. <laughs> yeah, I can see you like pumping out of the. Yeah, I love you. She's like, ah! I came all the way to the United States, and you know, to her, I was like, because she probably doesn't. Excuse me, my voice there. Frank, you may know this. As a matter of fact, you definitely know this. During this pandemic, when we don't know where our finances are coming from, we're relying on a ineffectual federal government. I spent three hundred fifty dollars on good smile action figures, Frank. Yeah, what did you what did you get? That's what I'm I'm curious about. All right, I'm ready. 
So, all right. I bought a Figma white blood cell action figure. It was pretty awesome. If you're familiar with Figmas, they're fully posable. White blood cell from um, Cells of Work. I bought a pop-up parade, Kotoko Iwanaga. You remember Iwanaga? She was from Inspector. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. For her? Yeah. yeah. Right, but the pop-up parades aren't posable. They're just statues. I bought a wrestler, Yoshihiro Takayama, who is, I think part of the proceeds go to his... He's paralyzed. Part of the proceeds go to help pay for his... Uh, livelihood and like uh, medical expenses i bought up another i bought another pop-up parade the ken Kaneki one which i want i want just to have from uh, tokyo ghoul i bought the nendoroid ultraman and it's the ultraman from uh the anime i got one of him so i got a little giant headed ultraman fully posable and and now it's time for the case files of jeweler richard I got the uh, Nendoroid doll of Richard Ramashing de Volpian from the case files of Jeweler Richard, Frank. Which is, of course, just for me to keep by myself because no one wants to buy this. I did just get my uh, Tanjiro from uh, uh, Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba. came in the mail after ordering it, I think, eight months ago. And I can't wait to put that son of a bitch on eBay. I'm going to make so much money. Yeah, so when you go to Good Smile, have are, did you go with the purpose of buying one thing and then walked away with a bunch, or like what? How how did this transpire? Well, I haven't been in months, and I went into their pre-sale because that's I would buy everything pre-sale. That's the way it is over there. Like most of their stuff, you can't buy. Like they have limited amounts. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, and they're on pre-sale. So I went and I looked through some of them. They have like reprints, and there's a bunch of them, like more popular characters. But I went through and I just was like, oh, okay, this, 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 this. And of course, how could I say no to Richard? I love that show. I don't think anybody else liked that show except me. I love it. So I can forever live out my case files of Jeweler Richard fantasies with Richard and myself in my home alone. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you could do like some fan fiction too and, you know, write new episodes. That could be cool. Ooh. <laughs> and I can act them out with my little Richard. With your little... <laughs> yes, with your little Richard, exactly. And at some point today, Frank, uh, a little heads up to shoppers out there, Uniqlo, the Japanese basically H&M, has Gundam, Ultraman, and Neon G- Genesis Evangelion t-shirts available in their English store. I have a bag of them showing up today, hoping they show up while we're recording. I can do an unboxing. That would be cool, an unboxing, and you could show off all, all your new clothes to all the listeners. All five of them. All right, you want to go into Let's do news? It. Frank, are you familiar with Megan the Stallion? I am familiar with her work a little bit. I feel like I, I'm not super in depth, but I've heard a song or two on the radio. Many people are a huge fan. My wife is a huge fan. But uh, she is working with Crunchyroll, and they've collaborated on a clothing line. And this is straight from Crunchyroll's website. The Houston rapper recently joined forces with Crunchyroll on an anime streetwear capsule under the in-house Crunchyroll Loves line. The unisex pieces of short and long-sleeve graphic tees, pullover hoodies, and a canvas tote bag, all of which nod to her animated savage visuals. She put out a video, like a stay-at-home video, or she did a video for her newest song, I think, where she basically just went out in the desert and pretended by herself 
like with a with a film crew, of course, and just pretend it was Mad Max. It was wildly shit. My wife loves That's it. That's pretty cool. I mean, I would. I I didn't even know. So does Crunchyroll have a line of clothing, or is this like the first time they're they're doing something like this? Oh no, they have, yeah, they have so much stuff. Uh, some of the stuff you can get on like they they retail for companies like um, Good Smile and stuff like that. But they have stuff specifically for their product. I mean, they have their own mascots, and they sell products for their own mascots. Hina, I believe, is the mascot's name. Country they definitely know doing. what they're doing, and I I would be into this if they did more kind of anime-inspired streetwear with, like, you know, all their rappers and stuff, because I know a lot, well, that goes kind of hand-in-hand. Hand. There's a lot of rappers that like anime, so maybe they can reach out to other people and, and collaborate. It would be neat. I would be into it. And, Frank, this may resonate with you. Here's a quote from uh, Megan the Stallion. Um during her Instagram live broadcast talking about the product, she says, I'm half anime character, half rapper. I like how you see a character, and it starts off. He's not really the strongest. He might be a little weak. But he has to go through all this training. You grow with the character. You see all the trials and tribulations they go through. Then you meet new people along the way that help them become the person he needs to be. I apply that to my life a lot. Frank, can you define shonen? Sure, I, uh, I, it's exactly more or less what she said. So it's for uh, typically geared towards younger male, and uh, it's about overcoming the odds and action and you know cool scenes, fight scenes. <laughs> but that's re- that's really. Uh, I think you, I think you should from now on when I ask you what shonen is, I want you to read. This I'm going. Data. <laughs> That's what I think I should do, yeah. Instead of doing it off the cuff and changing it every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, no, that's a that's actually a really kind of positive way to look at things too, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a nice quote. It is. She's overcoming the odds, man. She meets people along the way. Maybe they're enemies, it's then they become friends and they work hard, they work together, and then they become the Z group where you get, everybody's gotta have a Yamcha. Somebody's yeah, got a Yamcha. Unfortunately. That's just the way it works. <laughs> All right, originally la- la- announced last summer, Queeby? Have you? Do you know anything about the streaming service called Queeby? Uh, I mean, Queeby. how much do you want to go in depth to, to this? I know quite a bit about it. Oh, yeah, no, really? I do. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, cool. So Queeby was originally um, pitched as a streaming service for the cell phone digital age, and it's supposed to be bite-sized uh, TV shows that you watch on the go. But unfortunately, um, it launched right as everybody was going into lockdown for the quarantine. And they found out that, guess what? People weren't super into watching videos on their phone specifically for this service. And you can't, they don't have it so that you can watch it on like TV or anything like that. So it's it's been losing tons of money. Like it, it had started off with, you know, as, as these streaming services and companies do they're just burning through cash they had so much and now they're losing people left and right so it's basically youtube but you have to pay for it because we already have youtube so i can watch shit on my phone all the time yeah i mean basically yeah they they went out and they go and get creators to write weird five to ten minute segment episodes of things well that's gonna uh, go right into this so Quibi has officially announced the green light to an adaptation of Genji Ito's manga Tomei with uh, Alexander Aha. 
He's the high tension draw. Yeah, did you ever see High Tension? Uh, I do not think I have. No. Hot Tension. It's a French film. It's about a murderer. I'm not going to say anything else. I loved it when it came out. It's an age as well, though. Um, Adeline Rudolph from Sabrina. She was of the three sisters. She was the brunette, not Dorcas. Dorcas is the redhead. I only remember Dorcas because yeah, her name is Dorcas. Yeah. She will lead the cast. And uh, it's based on the hit manga. Uh, go read that if you want to know what it's about. I highly recommend Tomahi. And uh, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick of The Conjuring 2 and Aquaman, quite the pedigree, is writing and executive producing with uh, Hiroki Shirota on board as co-producer. Interesting. And now I know more about Quibi, I will probably won't be watching it. <laughs> so that's my whole thing, yeah. It's like, I don't even know if it's going to be around long enough to maybe even see this through, because from my understanding, they're like already having financial trouble just because they, it was like one of the worst timings for like a launch in like a while. It's just like, just so happened that it coincided with lockdown and people weren't on the go willing to, you know, sit on the bus and watch a thing for five minutes. Cause they were sitting on a couch where they could just watch a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I guess uh, Quibi's a streaming platform, but according to this, it's uh, Sony Productions, uh, Sony Pictures Television, and Universal are uh, hmm. producing it. So if it doesn't end up on Quibi, it might end up somewhere else. Hopefully, so I can watch it. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little itchy throat. I'm sorry, some allergies going on. It is not COVID-19. That's nothing to joke about. Frank, I'm not laughing, laughing at, at you. I didn't even think I, of that. I know you have allergies. I, You're like the most allergic person that I know. You I are. Yeah. You're always got like. Something going on with your nose, your throat. Sucks. I'm sorry, dude. The only thing I'm not allergic to, Frank? Money. All right, next up. Uh, my show. My fish show. The Diary of Our Days at Breakwater. It's our my fish fishing-themed anime. Frank didn't want to watch it, but his loss. Announced on its official website on Tuesday, it has produced a tie-in pamphlet in collab- collaboration with the Fisheries Agency agency of Japanese government's Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries. The pamphlet, which details fishing rules and etiquette, features an original illustration for the anime on its cover, it's very cute, as well as character art and commentary inside. There's a digital version, Frank. So, Frank, I want to play a little game. This pamphlet is in Japanese. So I am going to open the link to this pamphlet. I'm going to describe what the photos are, or illustrations are, and you are going to guess what they're talking okay. about. Okay. And mind you, my Japanese is very limited. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. So we'll find out. And yes, I will say that the, the original photo is very cute. Backgrounds are very well drawn. All right, first off, our stick theaters. Okay, so we have a bathroom man, if you know what I mean, and he's fishing in water with small fish, and there's an arrow pointing to a giant fish, which has some black dots behind it, with an arrow pointing to a fish dragging a net and collecting a lot of fish. A boat dragging a net and collecting a lot of fish. Frank, what do we think? Uh, I'm guessing it's saying don't fish in an area that uh, the, sh- the ships are fishing, like the professional fish guys, fishmongers, whatever. 
Okay, I'm saying the dots are eggs. All right. Okay. And that's all I got. See, that's that's pretty good going. though. I I like that. Like the it's le it's laying the eggs, and then therefore they're creating more so that the the ships can take their big nets and get all all the all the fish. Or maybe it's conservation nets. Like in the in the image, it's a guy with a fish, the you know bathroom toilet guy. Um, with a fish, and he's pulling it out of the water, but there's three fish underneath it, which I didn't describe. And then on the other end, there's a trolling giant net boat with four fish in the net and only two fish loose. So maybe be nice to the nature? I don't know. All right, next. Uh, I have a picture of a guy with a gas tank, and he's pouring a black liquid, and there's some fish with X's over their eyes. Everything's going on I think on there. it's saying, please don't put harmful chemicals in the water because it'll kill the fish. I'm going to say that it's a can of booze and don't get fish drunk. <laughs> Next up, uh, we have a... I don't know what that is. That's measuring clams and fish. Um, how about this? A girl exclaiming, uh, bags of trash. Uh, probably collecting, collecting the trash. Maybe I don't know. It's a hobby or just being good to the environment. A very good guess. I'm going to say that she bought the trash to throw into the water. All right. Next up, we have what looks like a pontoon boat with a net and a person fishing next to it. This sounds like uh, something where, yeah, once again the. The ship is be be nice to ships because they're the ones that produce the food. Excellent. Yes, I I agree. <laughs> be nice to the corporation. Forget about the people. Next up, I've got a cage with a no smoking sign on it with a really tiny boat next to it, but the boat is like a commercial fishing boat. So they're saying don't smoke on the boat. Don't, don't smoke <laughs> on the boat. Yeah, correct. That's what I'm, I'm going with that, too. Don't smoke on the boat. All right, so we have a guy, and he's throwing little fishies in to a giant fishy in the water, and he has a fishy in his bucket. So he's, like, feeding the fish, or he's introducing other fish to an area that they, they're not supposed to be? Oh, maybe. That's good thinking. Oh, I see small. I see the... the uh, Symbol for small. I'm going to say little fish. Lili, lili sushi. Lili sushi? I pronou- I can pronounce that. Lili sushi. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Little fish with giant fish. Uh, okay, we have a bucket with a lid that's jammed full of fish, and it says in English, no. About I'm guessing they're saying don't take the fish away from the water. Like you can fish, but you got to throw them away, or you got to throw them back. Ah, I think we're getting, I think we're getting at number uh, seven here. Number seven, we have a uh, no smoking guy, and he is throwing a blowfish back into the water, and then behind him is a blowfish with an X for an eyeball, with in English and an exclamation point says no. Well, that one makes more sense then. Okay, so don't. Don't throw leave the blowfish out on the yeah out on the ground because it'll die. You gotta throw it back. All right. Last but not least, I have a man sitting in a chair. He's the you know the man from the bathroom, a men's bathroom signs, 
and he has his fishing rod in his hands with a cooler next to him, and he's in front of a humongous giant screen tele LED, probably 4K TV with a big emoji cloud with rain. What do you think is going on here? Uh, I have no idea. This one sounds like what? Like don't don't go out side with your television while you're fishing because of the electricity you could really harm yourself that makes more sense than what I thought you were going to say which would be make sure you watch the weather before you go fishing I would say this is don't bring your fishing gear into your house your living room you dirty scumbag <laughs> there we go that was fun good job uh, you did a great job uh, I tried yeah <clears throat> alright next up Haikyuu Familiar with Haikyuu, the volleyball anime and manga? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm aware of it. I've never really watched or read it, but I do know. I know all the shonen, Jim. Yes, I also am aware of it, and not and not in the way that you say that you didn't watch something but watched an episode. I actually never have seen a minute of this, but it's uh, pervasive in anime. So, yeah, it's over. The manga will end on July 20th. This year's 32nd issue of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen Jump magazine revealed on Monday that Haruchi Furudate's Haikyuu manga will end in the magazine's combined 33rd and 34th issue, which will ship on July 20th. The final chapter will have 28 pages, including a color page. It's kind of funny how we watched Kakushi Goto, and we, know, we now know how important that is. That's what I was just is. thinking, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> oh, sure. like that right, is, awesome. like, I guess I'd put an emphasis now that I understand anytime there's color pages, even on, like, the app and stuff, I'm like, whoa, this is a big deal. Good for them. <laughs> they, they spent three cents a page instead of one cent a page. Wow, man, we're really splurging. R.I.P. IQ. I guess eventually we'll have to go watch that. Maybe. That's uh, what I was going like to say. Five, I think it's like, there's like a lot to it, isn't there? It's been going on for a while. And it's, yeah, I mean, how many, I mean, I guess, are they are they like professional volleyball players at this point? They've been in high school for a long time. I, all right, next time. No, I have no right, idea. Sorry. When I went to go like research it a little bit, I guess it starts off with them in middle school. And I don't know if it's like them in middle school and it's been going on for so long that they've just transitioned to like, professional level or high school or whatever or if the middle school thing is more like a prequel thing I have no idea but yeah I'm pretty sure I, I don't know about you and in, in where you grew up in Bucks County PA and in Philadelphia it was it was middle school was three years two or three years and then you did the classic four year high school I think in Japan high school is only three years don't quote me on that though I'm pretty sure a lot of times they're like oh middle school or you're actually a freshman in high school by our standards. Ah, okay. Well, sure. that would make more sense then. Right. Then it's like, you know, freshman, junior, so, uh, senior. All right. <clears throat> Next up. The Comic Market Committee, to no surprise, announced on Sunday that it's aiming to move the planned winter comic market or comic hat event from this winter to the Golden Week holidays of 2021, which will take place April, May, and May of 2021. Um yeah, we uh, we already talked about how this has been delayed multiple times. Uh, this is a big thing for Dojinishi, I believe that's the word. Basically, homemade comics. That's how they make their money. So, uh, yeah, Tokyo has seen a rise in COVID-19 cases recently, and this past Sunday was the fourth day in a row that Tokyo reported more than 
200 cases, so we're going to see a lot more delays. Frank, yeah, but. so, like, I think that, you know, I've been pretty vocal about just canceling this stuff for this year and pushing everything to 2021, but I do wonder if, like, it's giving people a false sense of hope and it's almost making people take things less seriously in terms of the virus because they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have that convention in three months, so it must not be that bad. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I feel like let's just let's push it off all 2021, just like with the movies and stuff. Those movies ain't coming out this year. They keep pushing them off like nope. what a waste of time. Just make it summer 2021, and then we'll all agree that hopefully summer 2021 will be, as they say, Jim, the kids say, lit, fam. Well done. <clears throat> yeah, I... I, I... I, I don't know why people aren't just saying cancel indefinitely. Giving yourself a date is just setting yourself up for failure. Right? Yeah, I don't... Especially with something like this where there's a question mark every week. There's new... Every day there's a question mark. I don't... I just... Just say indefinitely. We'll let you know as soon as we can. Yeah, I think that's... That's fair at this point because... Like we just said, I mean, there's no point. Everybody knows, like, this stuff is going to get delayed. I don't know why they think that it's not. I, I even get the feeling that some of them, when they do announce these new dates, they know that it's probably not going to happen. So why are we going right. through this whole charade? Why are we doing this whole this whole thing? Come on now. The economy, Frank. We have to save the economy. The stock market. Oh, money. 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 I'm going to say yeah. that's what it is. You don't want to frighten investors. No, certainly not. HBO Max. Frank, thank you very much for your uh, account. Uh, my wife is enjoying Legendary. Oh, okay, cool. Are you I familiar, am not with, familiar Legendary? with Legendary? No. So it's like a, um, it's like a, I don't know, like a dance show, where they have these teams, and it's all like CIS, but there's que- like full queer teams, but there's also like women teams and stuff. It's very cool. Like, they do, like, a almost drag. Like, it's over the top. Like, burlesque drag. It was a great show for me to listen to while I was typing this and walk into the room once in a while and see, see like, people strutting. And whoever the MC is, that dude rules. I suggest checking out at least one episode. But it all ties together. Megan the Stallion is a judge on it. Oh. But anyway, um, they, uh, HBO Max has added Death Note Hunter x Hunter, Food Wars, the I think the fourth place of the last season, and Tower of God. The service has uh, added all 37 episodes of Death Note, the first 99 episodes of Hunter x Hunter, uh, Food Wars Season 4, and Tower of God, and it is adding episodes on a delayed schedule after the premiere on Crunchyroll. We talked about before that they had a deal with Crunchyroll and, of course, Studio uh, Ghibli, but Crunchyroll's going to play some of their big titles on them. Right. See, I think this is a really smart move by them because they're, you know, it seems like they're handpicking some of the best of the best, pushing it to the forefront, and using the streaming service as a way to get people into anime. So you're getting the cream of the crop, so, so to speak. And then it says, hey, you know what? If you're into this stuff, you can go over to Crunchyroll and learn more about it because, you know, let's face it, both Crunchyroll, and I would say probably, like, most of those streaming services aren't the most user-friendly, 
Like, I know even I have difficulty sometimes looking for things where it's just, like, you have to know exactly what you want to watch and then make sure that you spell it correctly, otherwise you will not find it on the service. So, uh, I think it's I think it's it's nothing but good. And the way that they have it set up, I think it's perfect. It's perfect for, you know, new new viewers, which I think is the, the main people that they, they want to get invested. It's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I mean, not, not to go on a different topic, but Funimation's app, or Funimation streaming service, I see why people complain about it. So the other day, I tried to, I had nothing to watch, so I was just like, it was late, and I was like thumbing through, and I was like, okay, let me start watching um, how many, uh, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift? Again. Oh, let me, it's listed right here. So I scroll through to the episode I would be on, and I push play, and it keeps automatically going to the English version, the dub version. Which is fine. If you like dub stuff, that's fine. Whatever. But I don't want to watch the dub. So I stop it. There's no option on Japanese. And I'm like, what the fuck? I already watched this in Japanese. I had to go back to my previously watched list instead of searching it and go to my previously watched and then press on that. And then I had a Japanese option and an English option. What What, what is this? I don't know. Like, I understand. Funimation dubs their own stuff. And they love shoving their own product down your throat. I, what are you doing? I'm paying for this, you son of a bitch. Give me the option I want. Fuck you, fuck. No, me. I agree yeah. completely. Some of the shit is so janky, and like you said, like, you know, you're paying for it. You think that the service would be a lot better. It would be one thing if it was free, and that's how some of the streaming services, like Funimation, feel like. Like it's more of like an afterthought. Where it was like, oh, okay, cool, we're just going to throw these episodes on this website and people can just do whatever with them. But it's like, no, this is actually a legitimate streaming service that people are paying for. Why is this this way? And it's just like very, just small little things like that are just frustrating, like you had outlined, where you're just like, I don't understand why this is so difficult. <laughs> like, shouldn't it be easy to find the stuff that you want? I mean, that's part of streaming. That's the reason why it's... It's, you know, why we all have it. I mean, use, like, the model for, like, I don't know, go hire, like, some underling from the WWE Network, because their streaming service is amazing. Like, hire the assistant to the traveling secretary, pay him a bunch of money, and say, here, do what they did and do it here. Or, like, you know, NFL or all these big companies that have great, like, easy-to-access streaming services. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. You don't want money? You don't want our money anymore? All right, next up. Speaking of streaming services... Shout Factory announced on Friday that his licensed U.S. home video distribution company, Mill Creek Entertainment's Ultraman Library for streaming in North America. Thank God I just bought it on Blu-ray. Now I can stream it. Um, Shout Factory and its sync service, Shout Factory TV, acquired exclusive SVOD and AVOD. You can translate what that is. I don't feel like it. Something about video on demand. Uh, digital rights for the collection of more than 1,100 episodes and 20 movies in the U.S. and Canada. Shout Factory TV is planning an aggressive rollout of Ultraman properties on its Toku Shout Su <laughs> channel this year. All right, here's the licenses it covers. Mm -hmm. You ready? Now, mind you, this isn't all the Ultraman, and I'm about to list a bunch. Get used to the word Ultra, because here we go. Here's your license. This is what you got. Ultra Q, Ultraman, Ultra 7, Return of Ultraman, Ultraman Ace, Ultraman Taro, Ultraman Gaia, 
Ultraman Gaia, The Battle in Hyperspace. I own that on DVD. Thank you very much. Me and my daughter used to watch it a lot. Ultraman Cosmos, Ultraman Nexus, Ultraman Max, Ultraman Mebius, Ultraman Mebius, and the Ultraman Brothers. Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, the movie. Ultraman Saga, Ultraman Ginga, Ultraman Ginga X, S, Ultraman X, Ultraman Orb, and Ultraman Gide. Mill Creek Entertainment and UK Distribution Company Indigo Entertainment announced their license on most of the Ultraman Tokusatsu franchise for both physical and digital distribution in July of 2019, of which I got Ultraman, uh, the original Ultraman, and I got Ultra 7 on DVD. Uh, I have to let you know that Ultraman Tarot, I'm whispering so that they don't hear me, Ultraman Tarot is available, and so is Ultraman Leo and Ace are both available on YouTube. But I noticed some things that are missing. One is Ultraman Leo is not on here. He's a pretty popular one. He's like Kung Fu dude, Ultraman. And uh, Ultraman 80, which is wild as shit, which was like a revamp of Ultraman, are not on this list. I'm imagining that someone has the the title and they will eventually release them. Frank, thoughts? You're going to start watching Ultraman? I think I'll watch a little bit here and there. Sure, why not? I mean, it's got to be like a great time to be an Ultra fan, Jim, right? Like, that's... It's, oh, I love they it. got that. They have the, which I don't know if we've talked on the podcast, but I know you and I have. They got Marvel has an ongoing that's coming up. Like it's they're they're pushing hard for Ultraman over here in the states, and you know what? Why not? It's, it's cool. I think it's very neat. Yeah, I um, I gotta say, like I I talked earlier, Ultraman Z, Ultraman Z. I I've been watching that. It's really entertaining. It's like it's got enough of nostalgia. The catch with these shows is that you kind of have to know some of the stuff. you got to kind of know the universe. Like, the monsters that legit just pop up and they're like, oh, I recognize that guy from the 1968 show. But they've been putting out these same cat like monsters for years, just like revamped. So it's like enough new stuff and enough old stuff that makes it very entertaining. It's kind of funny, too. I do recommend Ultraman Z. I'm not, not just as an Ultraman fan. I think it's a lot of fun. It's definitely, I mean, it's made for kids. And I love the commercials for their product. Ultraman Z. Ultraman Ace. It's so good. It's really silly to watch. Oh, I had this written down and I didn't I didn't do anything about it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Kind of ties into our main our main topic, but Yeah, whatever, we'll do it next week. Alright. So Frank, we watched a show, Frank. Highly anticipated by us. You ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in, Jim. Let's go. Don't dive too too low because that's where Japan went. Went to the bottom of the ocean. Japan sinks 2020 or Nippon Chinbatsu Niju Niju. Streaming on Netflix, ten whole episodes, clocking in at about 23 minutes piece. Studio Science Saru, known for Keep Your Hands Off Izu Ken, which we loved. Go check out our best of winter 2020 episode for a full review. And Devil Man Cryberry. Cryberry. <laughs> That, that sounds sound delicious. delicious. Devil Man, Devil Man Crybaby, which we also really loved. Uh, go out and go check out our Best of the Decade episode. Spoiler alert. Directed by Pion Gang Ho. She worked on a bunch of shows and films. Carol on Tuesday, Puella, Magi, Marka, Magica, and all the Science Sars stuff as epi- episode director or storyboards. I believe, according to my research, this is her first series direction. The source is the disaster novel by Japanese writer Sak- Sak- Let me try this again. <clears throat> Sakyo Komatsu. Mm-hmm. Did you hear my door knock? 
That might be my Uniqlo. It was published in 1973. Komatsu took nine years to complete the work. The publisher wanted it to be written in two different sections. Both published at the same time. The novel received a 27th, the 27th Mystery Writers of Japan Award and the Seiyon Award for Japanese novel-length work. In 1995, after the Osaka Kobe earthquake, Komatsu published a second English abridged version. And in 2006, the sequel to the novel was published, and there is talk of the third. The novel has led to works in other media, as well as a sequel, a film based on the novel, made the same year, directed by Shiro Moratani, television show by TBS and Toho Broadcast in 74 and 75, and a remake of the, a remake film in 2006. It is considered high sci-fi by Japanese readers. Uh, the Jones drama and sci-fi. Our synopsis, Frank. Shortly after the Tokyo Olympics in 2020, a major earthquake hits Japan. Amidst the chaos, siblings uh, Yumu and Go of the Muto household begin to escape the city with their family of four. The sinking Japanese archipelagos, however, relentlessly pursue the family. Plunged into extreme conditions, life and death, and the choice of meeting and parting in the face of a dreadful reality, the Muto siblings believe that in the future and acquire the strength to survive with utmost effort. Quick point, this was planned to air before the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, but the Olympics were postponed. The story was slightly adjusted because of the postponement. Frank, while I go... No, you go ahead. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on Japan Sinks 2020. All right, go ahead. so Japan Sinks 2020 is a show that plays out like a show that wants to be a movie or a movie that wants to be a show. So it's 10 episodes, and I watched almost all of it in one sitting, one day. Uh, and if, if anything, I think it was like 2 to 10, and almost no breaks in between. Uh, a majority of the show, a good two-thirds, feels as if that's the way it's supposed to be consumed, with one episode kind of leading directly into another, usually no beats being skipped. Uh, it's a di- disaster movie through and through with a human element to it that had me fairly engaged throughout its run, even at times if my engagement was a little more like, what the hell is happening sort of thing. Uh, It leans into shocking moments that happen to characters sometimes almost randomly, but that works to it because, you know, during a disastrous event where a whole island is sinking into the ocean, you would have sometimes deaths that would be shocking and completely out of the blue. So it goes kind of hand in hand. Um, the music is one of the highlights here. It has a great opening, and there's p- pieces throughout that are both uplifting and haunting. And the animation is pretty consistent with, like, Devil Man Cry Baby. So if you... I almost said Devil Man Cry Baby. Cry Oh, God. So, <laughs> that's, that's forever how it should be known now, you know, for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so if you like the look of that, you will like the look of, uh, of, of this show. Um, and then if you didn't, I mean, it, it doesn't work for you. There's not really much change there. Uh, speaking of Devil Man, there are some things that are kind of consistent with that show that have kind of transferred over here, including uh, rap music, track running. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Track running uh, and characters randomly using using English. They make a return. And I was actually kind of like happy to see those things. It's like one of those things where I. I didn't know I wanted them until they were happening, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, that's fun. Uh, the show asks some things about Japan as a nation and its people that I won't really get into, but I thought it was timely even as an... Yeah. Frank, Frank, 
spoiler warning, uh, listeners. We're going full spoiler with this. Go oh, we're going full spoiler? It. Oh, no. Yeah, fuck, I did. yeah, fuck this, man. This, I waited <laughs> I waited too long to watch this show. Yo, go watch it. I wrote you about spoiler. Okay. Uh, but so Do the it. thing go is, ahead. well, yeah, with – so, you know, they, they have these issues with people coming in on – there's – there's a scene where they're on a boat and it's like a raft and the characters are coming up to it. The group that, you know, they want to get on the raft and they go, Hey, no, it's a, uh, it's Japanese only. I think they even say like pure Japanese blood or some bullshit like that. And, um, you know, they're not allowed on, on the raft because of it, because, uh, the family in particular is, is, uh, mixed race is, mixed. yeah. yeah they're mixed. So they're, they're not allowed. I think like, one of the children, like one of the ch- children are because they look Japanese and the other one doesn't. And it's like a whole mess. But, uh, you know, as an American with all the shit going on and a worldwide, but, in, you know, few are lenses. It was uh, it was interesting to kind of kind of see that, which makes it like a bit more of a random run of the mill disaster movie, because there are bits of this this show that kind of feels, you know, it goes through the through the course of, of doing it. Cause disaster movies are kind of like, that's kind of what I kept going back to as, as I was watching this is, you know, they're, they're similar, you know, there's only so much you can kind of do with, with things, especially with the earth falling apart and, you know, volcanoes exploding and dark clouds and stuff like that. But I think it does a pretty good job of bringing some of this other stuff and kind of elevating it, uh, to something beyond that. Cause it could have very easily have just run the risk of, it being kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, but uh, it was entertaining enough, and I watched it pretty much in one sitting, and it hit some emotional beats with me. Uh, I do have some issues with the show, but I will save them for later. Jim, what do you think? Uh, yeah, soundtrack, absolutely amazing. Low lows, high highs, dramatic pauses, crescendos, so good. The opening song is fucking amazing. Who skips this fucking <laughs> intro? Netflix. No one should skip a good intro. If you skip the intro on the show, you can't be friends. The colors are gorgeous in the intro. It has like this watercolor mm-hmm. look. Now, let's talk about the story. This is classic science fiction disaster epic. That's what this is. It's fiction, but it has enough of a foot in the scientific reality that I was enthralled by everything that everyone did and said. And they tried their best to explain it in a way that might not make sense in the real world, but makes sense in the science fiction world that they have established. The episodes did, a spe- did develop a specific structure. We get hope in the face of overwhelming adversity and then the dark reality of living in a world where the world is literally trying to kill you. This is a story of survival, not just for the Muto family, but for the nation of Japan. Nationalism is prevalent in the show. They talk about what's great and what's bad about about living in Japan and being Japanese, but at the same time, nationalism as a front, as a political movement is absolutely shit upon, and I love that. I love the scene where they were like, fuck you to the nationalists that wouldn't let the half-Filipino family on the boat, and then the boat burns. Fuck them. And there are so many memorable, impactful scenes in this, in this show. The entire second episode is so well-structured that I was shouting at my screen during the final credits. The tension of being trapped in a boat in the middle of the ocean, a life buoy, where there's fish and sharks and storms and everything. 
if you are afraid of being on a, trapped on a boat, that's probably an episode to skip, but I wouldn't recommend it. Koga, the shut-in. He finally finds his pride he used to have as a runner, and he tries to save a dado that predicts everything that was going to happen by outrunning a wave. That scene is mm. fucking amazing. There's the two episodes in the like the cult commune where everything seems so idyllic, but you know as a viewer that something weird's going on. And you're just waiting for the reveal. And you get the reveal. But the reveal isn't as dark as you wanted it to be. The rap battle. It was so fucking good. Where they're talking about the positives and negatives of living in Japan. Where everybody has a shot. So you have people that hate living in Japan. You have the old guy who loves Japan. And then you have the girl who's just like, man, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Like, I want to survive. And I love Kite. Who's like this unnaturally lucky, coolest dude ever. Who eventually sacrifices himself to save the kids. Uh, there's a lingering knowledge throughout the entire show that uh, Ayumu's cut is going to leave her without a limb. You knew as soon as you saw that le- that leg get infected that she was going to get that shit cut off at some point. And to see her run in the Special Olympics at the end, the ending episode fucking made me cry. And of course, episode two pretty much sets up everything to come for the show. The dad blows up digging for yams in a minefield because his daughter doesn't horrible. I fucking love this story. My wife loved it. I've been recommending it to everyone who asks. Frank. Jim. Now. Okay. Here we go. We've seen many shows delayed due to Mm COVID-19. But some of these shows worked through the pandemic to get finished. I'm starting to think maybe we need to asterisk some of these shows for the quality of animation. Example is Arte. We had a very fun feminist storyline. But the animation, in particular, the second half of the episode was comically bad. And we're going to go to a listener mm-hmm. question. Ready? Listener questions. Send us questions on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast or email us at NewTaku2019 at gmail.com, and we will read them all in the air. Question. Given Science Saru's pedigree is a great studio with amazing animation, do you think Japan sinks 2020 animation is a result of artistic choice or the effect of COVID-19 making animating more difficult? Frank, go ahead. Oh, wow. That's a good question. I... I don't, I don't really know. So, like, this is kind of the question that you have to ask yourself with anything, much like Arte, where... With Arte, I think it was more... That was a little bit more COVID. Where it's this... There are times when, in this show, specifically, like, you know, the backgrounds, which is always usually pretty prevalent in anime, they are very well done. And, uh, you know, there's very memorable kind of scenes that you see and the highlight is kind of the background, whereas some of the characters, I don't know, it's, I've wondered that for a while, because, like, it's a, from a stylistic choice, it does make sense, because I see it, and then I immediately connect it, like I had said in my review, with, uh, Devilman Cryberry, so, I got, (laughs) so, you know, like, from a stylistic standpoint, it does do that, which I think is, you know, it kind of has that signature on it. I'm not always the biggest fan of it, and I do think that there might have been, with this show, there are kind of instances where it does seem like maybe they didn't put as much attention as they would have if it wasn't like a, you know, pandemic, you know, that thing that's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that for them in particular, this is more of a stylistic choice, yes. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I disagree. 
I think the animation really starts to fall apart in episode three. Background characters, faces, hands and arms look like shaved ape limbs. And, you know, so much so that my wife, who was not a regular anime watcher, was like, this is distracting. Why do her hands look like that? I think it looks unfinished. It does. Those first couple episodes and near the end in certain scenes, the wave scene, are very well animated, and it screams that style mm-hmm. from Devilman Crybaby. But some of these scenes just don't look good. I have to say this is probably the effect of COVID-19 and trying to make it sure. deadline. Uh, we've learned earlier that even the big titles all work in a studio. And we've talked about it before about Japan. For as technological advances we perceive them to be, they are way behind the world in workplace technology. Uh, like, work from home is unthinkable. Uh, they have a cultural term for this. It's called salary man. Um, we've also seen many shows delayed due to uh, COVID-19, and Arte was the one that I that I had mentioned earlier. That it just it, I, I don't know if we'll see what happens in hmm. summer if this stays as a trend. If these shows, say the shows that were delayed from spring, when they come back, if there's a noticeable uh, difference in animation from earlier, especially a show like Millionaire Detective that was very well animated, then I think we have to we have to ask this. I mean, honestly, like everything in this world, COVID nineteen is yeah. affecting everybody, and you know, it's uh, we got to hit a hard reset. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I, and I don't want to see it sound like an apologist for Science Sorrow because, like, I, everything I loved about the show was so good, except the animation really lost me at some points. Well, it didn't lose me; it just like was like. Ugh. But Frank, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that is a good point. My, my thought with it, though, is because they were trying to hit this goal with the Olympics that they might have just skirted by right before, like, things started to really take off. Uh, I don't know how much of a delay there is in terms of, like... Because I know with our, you know, our weekly shows, there's usually, like, they're pretty close. Like, what they're working on down the road is only usually a handful of episodes, but just because of the way the format and the structure of this is, I don't, I'm not too sure. And it does make me wonder though, because it's 10 episodes, if they actually had a little bit more, if now that we're talking about it, it makes me wonder if there was supposed to be a couple more episodes, which would make a little more sense. Cause like I had some issues with the pacing in the middle and with, especially with like the cult scene, I felt like, or the, that whole arc, I felt like that kind of came and then went, and the pacing was a little off for it. Uh, I don't know, because I personally I think that the show could do a little bit more with either tightening up some things or adding a little bit more, which is, you know, it could have really done wonders with another episode or two, I think, and maybe exploring some of the characters' backgrounds maybe just a little bit more. And I do wonder now that we're talking about it if that was something to do with COVID or if it was originally supposed to be just 10, 10 episodes. I was okay with 10 episodes. Sure. Two more episodes would have been fine. I think, I think 10 episodes is for something like this. That's a one and done. I think it's a perfect size. Yeah, of it. It, it did, it did I mean? really well as, um, for binging too, which is like, I, I always oh, look with something like this in particular, it always makes me think with the way that Netflix is doing things is, now are we starting to see things where they know where it's going to land and then that affects things like pacing and structures of episodes and things like that. You know what I mean? Where they 
because when you know it's going directly to streaming and it's being released at once, we saw this at the at the start when Netflix first started popping up. Like they people were doing some really different things with that because they knew that there was going to be mm-hmm. people like you and me who were just basically going to sit there through the entirety of it and uh, and watch it all in one sitting. And I think that that's kind of what they did here, or at least that's the way I, I took it. That's funny. You did two. You did two episodes and eight episodes. I did eight episodes and two episodes because <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of time and my wife had to go to bed. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's answer some questions before we, before we give our new talk. Well, let's, let's, yeah. Let's answer a couple questions before we give our new talk ranking. All right. Uh, how about this one? Japan Sinks is an older book. What older books do you like to see translated to anime? Sure. So I put down two. One is uh, 1984. I think, especially especially now, yeah. it could be uh, it's you know more relevant than ever. And on top of that, I think animated uh, can be very stylized. There's a lot you could do with the kind of you know that world that uh, Orwell built. And uh, another one is this is just more for me. It's pure me. Chronicles of the Black Company by Glenn Cook. So this is like a grim dark fantasy. If uh, to put it into kind of anime perspective, think more along lines of like a Goblin Slayer sort of thing in terms of tone. Uh, it's about a band of mercenaries that essentially work for the bad guys. And it's a series of like eight books or something like that. But it gets pretty dark and it, it, it's neat. It kind of has that European, you know, fantasy vibe to it. But there's never really like, there's magic, but there's not like, you know, orcs and elves and things. So it's somewhat realistic because the magic isn't like oh cool fireball like that sort of stuff it's it's done in in an interesting sort of way and i would like to see that because you know it's like i said it's also eight books so it would do really well as a series as most of these kind of larger fantasy novels do but those are my two picks what about you jim i've got i also have two I went with planet of the apes by pierre bull i am a planet of the apes Mm. mark not the newer ones, but the old Charlton Heston, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape version. Yes. I'd love an anime Planet of the Apes. I think that would be amazing. And you could go on forever with that. And how about The Godfather? By uh, But like a Yakuza version of it. Yakuza. Yakuza that, version of it. That would, that would be, be pretty cool. cool. I'm, guessing, I'm guessing I'm not the only one that would have thought of that, though. Be, I would imagine there's probably a live, live version somewhere that someone did of a Yakuza version of the Godfather. Yeah, I would imagine. If not, that that should be a thing because I think that that is a that's that would be an awesome. It's an awesome idea. I would watch the hell out of that. All right, next. Netflix has been stepping up its game with BNA. That's another question, by the way. Netflix has been stepping up its game with BNA, uh, Doro Hedoro, and Japan Sinks Twenty Twenty this year. Can we expect this trend to continue, Frank? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, I think when we first started this podcast more than a year ago now uh that's when they were just kind of coming out that the news that netflix was pushing kind of more into acquiring you know anime and things like that they were making like a big push i remember like looking up job titles and stuff for people like they were they're hiring people they were doing good work and uh i think now we're starting to kind of see the fruits of that so i do think that we can expect this trend to continue. The only thing I could think is that just because of the way Netflix is, is that they just start acquiring so much that it kind of, you know, 
brings everything down because it's harder to find like the gens, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely think that they will. And I am curious, as I was mentioning earlier, if this is going to be something where we get more, more, they get more of a heads up with creative. So they know it's going to Netflix for like a streaming audience. And then if that will kind of impact the end result of the product, cause they could do some cool stuff. I mean, why not when you're streaming and you have it all boom right there, you can do a lot of cool stuff storytelling wise. So yeah, I guess to succinctly answer the question, I do think that we can expect this trend to continue. What about you, Jim? I think it, it it's, you know, Netflix is a company, and it all depends depends on whether they see it as profitable. And they use a specific algorithm to predict profitability, so I don't know what they think is profitable. Um, we do have a remake of Spriggan, which is an older property, which is about a, uh, like, uh, super soldiers and uh which is coming up so they are putting some money into some bigger properties uh they seem determined to make anime an all mark a marketing term to cover all animation so i don't see them stopping marketing anime in the best but they might do what they do which is shift focus to in-house creative products and honestly with the exception of castlevania so far i don't find any of them all that interesting um you know, I want quality stories or else it's just all window dressing. I mean, and that's not to say that I only, I'll only watch it if it's Japanese. Netflix has pumped out some crap made in Japan. Lots of bad CGI, but I trust the Japanese product because they have a legacy of doing it well. And U.S. made animation outside of Disney isn't all that great, honestly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope the trend continues, but I can see them going in it more in-house. They did sign deals with uh, Production IG, I believe, and Clamp and a couple of other companies. So they're going to st- still make Japanese-made products. Um, hopefully that some of that talent bleeds over into their their Texas-made. I'll call it Texas-made. I forget the company. The Texas-made stuff that they make, like Castlevania, I guess, He-Man, if that ever shows up. They've been talking about He-Man forever. So, uh, I mean, so I hope we get a I – hope, I hope it stays good because – We'll talk about BNA in a couple of weeks. I just started Doro Head Doro. Um, I love BNA, so we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. So, Frank, give your new Taku ranking for uh, Japan Singer sure. 2020. So I went with uh, Must Watch. I mean, I was obviously entertained with the show at the end of the day because I uh, watched it almost all in one sitting, which, you know, speaks to it. That's the whole point of the show is kind of to get you locked in and engaged. Um you know, I could see people having some issues with the with the animation. It didn't bother me as much. I really like the music, and outside of that kind of brief middle episode or two about the cult, which I wasn't so into, I thought that tonally it was a it, it kind of distracted me a little bit. I love the show. I thought it was really good. Um, when it does hit those emotional beats, I think it does it really well. And like you had said with episode two and the father like striking the the whatever it was the oil line and blowing up like it was, it was uh, a mine oh yeah it was a mine okay yeah uh it was an and old he blows up and like it does it in such a way that is shocking and you know to an extent is gross like they didn't have to go to the added you know uh his like hand with the with the ring and then like all the blood and stuff but i think that that it, it's done well enough that uh, I don't know. It just really hits because you can always. It's always hard. We, I think I've talked about this before. When it comes to gore in particular, where you're kind of towing a line, where it's like, is this shocking just to be shocking, or does this add value to what you're showing? 
And I think here it does actually a good job of, of adding value for the most part. So yeah, must watch. What about you, Jim? That's funny that you didn't like the cult storyline because I liked it. Um, I think it's must watch. I love the story. I love most of the animation. I really think this is the summer blockbuster mm-hmm. of 2020 that we're missing. Frank tried to say it was Darwin's game, but I don't believe him at all. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, you know, in uh, an apocalypse, and when all things are against you, guess what? A lot of mm-hmm. people are going to die, and I think this story definitely told that. I think death happens when the world ends, and you know we get a feel good ending, but at the same time, a lot was sacrificed to get to where they are, and. Yeah, I loved it. I this is one of those shows that I will recommend to people, whether they watch anime or not. It's definitely something that's like, yo, go check this out. This is pretty cool, especially for those people who like uh, the more edgier stuff. You know, uh, yeah, I love the show. Must watch. Any other? No, ones? that's it. I think that you had said. Um when you were talking about this being kind of the summer blockbuster, I think that was really well said because it is definitely something outside of what you had noted earlier with your wife in terms of the animation. I think it's it's inviting enough for people that even if you're not into anime or somebody who maybe has, you know, kind of a fleeting interest in it, that you can get them to watch this. And it, it the episodes are, are done in such a way to be like, you got to watch the next one, you got to watch the next one, you know? So it's like, boom, 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 boom. I think it's perfect for people to, to get people into it, or or not. I mean, you know, just just to watch it for itself, not even the fact that it's anime. I think it's 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 well done. Yeah, I, th- I think that this, this story is what really drove this, this show. Um I think that some of the stuff that they were able to pull off with animation uh, couldn't have been done. It would have looked cheesy if it wasn't animated. It would have looked like CGI crap, which you know is really what blockbuster movies are nowadays, a bunch of CGI. And with animation, you can pull it off. You can tell a good story, and it doesn't seem cheesy because it's a cartoon. It's, over, it's whether you can get over the subtitles, and that's what a lot of people have a hard time with. I know that you know there's... They don't. People don't want to read read when they watch their film. But I don't have to tell you, you're missing out on a lot of good shit if you if you don't feel like reading the subtitle. You can always back up if you missed the scene. But uh, yes, must watch. I loved it. I can't wait for more people to watch it so this way we can talk about it and we can talk about uh, Goad's English accent, which was hilarious every time he spoke. I thought it was great. It reminded me so much of uh, what's his name, uh, Lucifer and Devilman Crybaby. Every time he's sorry, Devilman Cryberry. <laughs> Every time he spoke. Anything else? No. Oh, I do want to talk about one thing real quick. Um, so, Kite, right? You talked about like his luck holding out yeah. and stuff. Did you see, because it's kind of nebulous at the end. This is, you know, we've already been talking about spoilers, so I don't got to put up a thing. But So, at the very end, that he could have potentially been in the crowd, because there's somebody who looks a lot like him, and he's got, like, his, uh, his hat down, and he's wearing, like, a... I don't know what the hat says, but it looks very much like he's watching from the stands. And they don't really give, like, a... I guess it's implied that his, his like, Twitch or streaming show or whatever is now run, and he's, like, a, like a hologram or something, but they don't outright say whether or not it is. You know what I mean? So it was kind of cool that they left that, because his whole thing, when he, you know, he dies or we don't really know, he's like, come on, you know, my luck always holds and then we don't really see him again 
but maybe we do. I don't know. I thought that that was a, a nice little thing at the end there. But yeah, he was he was really cool because he shows up and you're like, oh look, it's fucking Lucifer from <laughs> yeah from Devilman Crybaby. He's in this show too. Maybe he is. Maybe that's who he is. Maybe he's actually the same character. Cool. Uh, yeah, I uh, God, man, I'm fucking the ending of that was so good with the still shots of all the Japanese stuff. Oh man. Fuck. Go, go watch, watch Double Man. Or not. Double, <laughs> go watch Double Man Cryberry and go watch uh, Japan Six Twenty Twenty. All right, let's All get right. out of here. Thanks for joining us this week. Once again, please share us with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NutakuCast. Send us questions and show requests. Our email is nutaku2019 at gmail.com and we will talk about them all on the air. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, please. Please subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm and Jim. I'm Frank. And come back there.